T T B. Music podcast. Yeah, usually it takes us at least halfway in the year to get this far behind. <laughs> Record. <laughs> Rather than records. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Welcome to April and podcast two. Oh dear. The wheels came off. Yeah. Uh, for those people that have thought we may have stopped the podcast, hard luck. Hard luck, we're back. <laughs> and we've got... Just for a change, we've got some new records, or less new than they would have been, but <laughs> new uh, The latest album from Editors, Violence, uh, Young Father's Cocoa Sugar, Dessa Chime, Lucy Dacus, or Dacus, I'm not sure. I'm going to go with Dacus. Historian, uh, Jonathan Wilson, Rare Birds, and The Breeders All Nerve. So let's start with uh, the only artist on the list who we've reviewed before on the podcast. Well, that was quite a while ago. Mm, um, I looked it up. Uh, which was the editors. Yeah. Uh, I think it was two albums ago, was it? Uh, three. three. In this ago. light oh. and on this evening. Yeah. 2009. Wow. Wow. We, we like that record. <laughs> That's prehistory. Do we like this record? Uh, yes, I like this record. Um, this record is... Uh, uh, okay. Without meaning to sound unkind. Um, they, they've not been very sort of there haven't been many releases in in the, the nine years in between um we've only missed about two in between i think okay um so in terms of progression probably not very much but actually in terms of an enjoyable album dare i you say it's so early in the podcast even a solid album um in the context of this podcast it's a solid album i excellent. have written in my You're notes, in your notes. <laughs> fantastic <laughs> this is a solid album um i, I what it, it, the reason I looked it up, the reason why I looked up in this light on this evening, because I remember that that album having quite an impact and actually turning around my view on the editors at that point. Ditto, and I'd seen them live that before before then as well, and still and still, still wasn't not, totally not, still not totally. Um, and, and and this album, I suppose, continues that in that um, I found it I found it solid. <laughs> That's twice. Um, highlights for me. Let's do highlights. Highlights for me while we warm up after this great absence. Um, yeah, can't slag them off for absence, jeez. No. Um, highlights for me, uh, Violence, uh, the title track, mm-hmm. um, Alleluia, which in many ways, I started off thinking this is kind of sub play, but done well. You've written that as well. Fantastic. Yeah, I had that to join in there, Continue to tread a line that seems to, seems to be a bit Coldplay, a bit U2, and yet manage to be less annoying than either. Exactly. <laughs> it manages to be less annoying than either of those bands. Um, they, do, they do it well, and they do it cool. Um, and and um, Counting Spooks, was a, 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 towards the end of the album as well, was a favourite of mine. What I quite liked about the, ho- the overall, what this perhaps distinguishes this record from previous, is um, it's very 80s. 
Yeah. 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 Arrangements and instrumentation is still not strong new to the early eighties. <laughs> See, I don't have to do my bit. Because, because I wrote like six six bullet points, and you've pretty much covered four of them already. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll stop there. Um, but but needless to say, yeah, enjoyed this album. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. It, it it doesn't do anything new particularly. Although it's slight, I would say arguably slightly more poppy hmm. than the previous. I think that's things. the eighties yeah. vibe. It's poppy, but done in a sort of eighties way. Um, so yes, yeah, so, I mean, in addition to the tracks you mentioned, I also quite like um, "Magazine," which I think was the single, which is a oh, yeah. good pop pop tune. Yeah. Um, and also the uh, "No Sound But the Wind," which is a really kind of atmospheric kind of. Mm. Ballard, yeah. Towards the end of the album, which I also quite quite liked, um, but yeah, it's as you say, it's it, it's not going to set the world alight, no. um, but it's enjoyable enough. And if you already like the editors, I'm sure this is not going to be too much of a disappointment. No, absolutely. And um, and a new bit of the podcast, I will tell you that the the editors are on tour during October playing Brixton Academy on the 24th of October. Wow, it's an information service. You're making up for lost time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good work. So, uh, next up we have um, Young Fathers, third album from uh, Mercury Prize winning band. The um, prize for their first full album, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, from Scotland Shire. Ah. Um, <clears throat> and... This album is one of those wonderful musical breaths of fresh air that I get occasionally um, on this podcast and reminded me very early on of why I still love music and why I still enjoy doing this rather self-indulgent podcast each oh, month. Not really. Yeah. No, no bugger listening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is kind of an album that's just over 30 minutes long, so also big tick from my point of view. But... In that 30 minutes, it's packed full of ideas, draws on hip-hop, kraut-rock, synth-pop, gospel, neo-soul, and kind of blends them all together in a kind of seamless kind of way into an album that's both accessible and commercial in a strange kind of way, mm. but also seems to do so without seeming to from the artist's point of view, kind of compromise their musical integrity and what and authenticity and what they're trying to do. Um, it's a very multifaceted, I suppose the word multifaceted kind of inventive work um, that just literally. I think I was about thirty seconds into the opening track, see how, and I kind of thought, I'm going to like this. Oh. Wow. Um, Lots of repeated loops and stuff like that, as you mm -hmm. might expect from um, the genre. But again, I think it's done so well that you don't really notice that that much because the songs are constructed so well. Um, there's kind of lyrical overtones of the, the album um, that cover things like uh, seizing opportunities in life, and um, there's quite a lot of it's quite a lot of it's not a religious album, but there's quite a lot of religion covered in the. Um, lyrical matter of the songs, although quite a lot of it is, uh, I think I wrote one of them there, it's like, I think this is in um, Holy Ghost, where it said, I said the only time I go to church is when someone's in a casket, good men are strange, bad men are obvious. Uh, this is a lot of that kind of kind of thing. But just overall, as each track moved into the next, next, next track, I was neither bored for any moment in the al album, and each time it went on, 
I have to say, the first time I played it, I got to the end of picking you, and partly because it's only just over 30 minutes long, I immediately started listening to it again. Um, I could pick out favourite tracks, but to be honest, I really like the whole album, so um, I'm going to say early on in this podcast, and in podcast two, I doubt there'll be many better albums released this year than this Ooh, album. Grief. Wow. Wow. I like it. Yeah. I thought it was alright. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't top that, but I'll try. No, I won't. Um, yeah, I. I think this album for me um, suffered from from actually perhaps from how little time I was able to give it. Um, but I reflect on a lot of what you've said in terms of the, the different switches between genres and genres within genres hmm. um, kept it very interesting. Uh, from the very first track, I actually had the opposite view initially. I thought, oh no, I don't think I'm going to like this. But actually, as the album progressed through and you got a sense of being on a, a musical journey, yeah, it's, it's sort of bedded in. Yeah. Um, and uh, if only I'd had time to re to repeat listen as you did once you got to the end of the final track. Um, a very creative album, very interesting. Very interesting what you said actually about you know skirting the line between commercial and not really accessible. Um, it's very, it's recorded in a very lo-fi way as well, um, which yeah. is, is a real gamble. Artists, I tell you, what, artists were doing this all the time a few years ago. Do you remember the number of albums we listened to that sound like they recorded in someone's bedroom or yeah. basement and by the end it just became a bit cliche and sounded terrible um here it's actually done really well from that sort of production viewpoint um so so credit credit to the band for that um definitely worth a repeated listen uh they are playing victoria park in london on 25th of may really we're doing this <laughs> yeah Okay. <laughs> That's the only UK gig I can find for them at the moment, so. Okay. Unless you're going to be in Victoria Park. This is awesome. You ain't seen them. Yeah. Right. No, Brian, it's, it's I'm going to start taking notes. It's 2018, Pete. We have to, we have to kind of, kind of uh, expand the brand. Extra value. Extra, yeah, value. extra value. Expand yeah. the brand. Expand the brand. Value proposition. Yeah. Uh, so, mm. next up, and I suppose staying with uh, hip hop urban leaning mm. artists. Yes. Uh, we move on to the fourth studio album by another artist I wasn't familiar with until this podcast right. um, called Dessa. I mean, she's got, that's not her actual name, really, but um, Dessa and Chime. Peter. I, in many ways, I've approached this album in a similar way to you approached the previous album, in that um, I knew from the outset I was actually going to enjoy it. The extent to which I have enjoyed this yeah. album. Um, I couldn't have predicted. I actually really like this album. This this is one of the, the records that I have done a couple of repeat listens on. Um, I think, again, yes, urban, but manages to sort of skirt a line between that and something much more commercial without actually tipping over into a commercial side of things. It remains interesting musically throughout, but mm. most most important of all, um lyrically very very savvy yes and sassy it's it's very smart lyrically um it's got that that sort of great humor that i guess um 
only certain songwriters achieve um, and it's able to uh, and I've no doubt you've got a list of examples so I'm not going to pull out I've got a couple in fact, fact, fact I emailed you one earlier on uh, you did you did so I'm not going to refer to that um, but even early on in the album there's there's, there's political references done smart as well um, very early on there's a, a lyric along the lines of um, it, you know it seems that um, gender's now sorted but, but race is back in you know yeah um, which I thought was very, very smart. Yeah, it's in the opening track ride, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, gender politics, particularly uh, female po- po- politics or, or feminism, comes comes into a few of the tracks throughout the album. Uh, which is, but it's done cool. It's done well. Uh, go on then. Quote some, quote some lyrics. I will quote some lyrics in a minute. But um, first of all, I'm going to uh, concur. Mm. First of all, I also love this album. Yeah. Um, and uh, one of the one of the joys of it, in fact, is the fact that whilst it does the rap spoken word bit justice, mm. um, it also, because of her her own personal tastes, ticks the hey, I'm going to throw in a kind of pink Beyonce t- couple type mm. track track here here, yeah. and, here and here and there, there yeah, as well. Yeah. So, so you've got half of you, um, particularly towards the end, and um, and boy crazy mm. in the middle of the album that are both just pop tunes yeah Boy Crazy is a brilliant pop tune um, but yeah I mean, as you say lyri- lyri- lyrically there's just too many exa- almost too many examples to, to, to um, pick I mean throwaway lines I mean the one I sent you which, which is in five of six mm. which I really liked is that you know I brought a chisel tip to the, I brought a chisel tip yep. to this pencil fight which I think is just a great line just generally um, um, but also one of the stronger songs lyrical, lyrically on a focus level is is Fire Drills, which mm. is about um, the whole issue of if you're a woman going travelling alone and the hassles of doing so, depending on where you go, go in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then that um, kind of thing, um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, one of the things in that says, um, as a woman always something left to take so you shouldn't try and stay too late or talk to strangers mm. look too long go too far out of range because angels can't watch everybody all the time stay close hems low safe inside that formula works if you can live it but it works by putting half the world off limits um, yeah um and that's not even covering the the arguably the mm. funniest line in the yeah. song which is tell patient zero he can have his rib back um <laughs> the other one yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's it is a it's a it's a great it's a great record um when i it's quite funny when i picked these albums but do the podcast um my idea before sitting down of what my favorite album the podcast would be uh turned out to be totally wrong mm-hmm. and, as we, and, as we, and when, we, when we get to that album yeah it's uh arguably my least favorite album of the podcast all right okay um so this is a great record, um, and disappointingly, uh, her show at birthdays on April the nineteenth in London is sold out. Oh. Uh, however, if you're in Manchester, you can catch her at the Soup Kitchen on the twentieth. All oh, right. We move from there, and actually, uh, we could link. To, I can link to that because one of the songs on um, Chime uh, is uh, actually a really nice song about her, her grandmother and death and their two different approaches to religion hope Indeed. I'm wrong yeah. um, and that does tie in nicely with uh, the next album from Lucy 
Dacus, Dacus, um, because there's a track on her album um, called Pillars of Truth, which is also about her grandmother and looking back on her grandmother's life. And again, talking of lyrics and talking about songs starting and immediately kind of going, yeah, I think I'm going to like this. Night Shift, which is the opening track on this album, opens with a line, the first time I tasted somebody else's spit, I had a coughing fit. Mm. Like I thought, going to like this. Mm -hmm. um, I do like this. Uh, this. This opening track, which is a kind of six minutes song covering kind of the end of a relationship, I think it's an absolute cracker because it covers the, the lengths you'll go to to avoid, avoid them. And in her instance in this, it's he works during the day, so she's taking a night shift to make sure she's sleeping during the day, so she's not <laughs> going to bump into him and all that kind of, kind of thing. And it also has that great kind of indie pop thing of starting off kind of mellow and stuff and then kind of building to a kind of yeah. indie guitar loudness at the end, which is really nice. Uh, that kind of sets the kind of um, standard for this album, really. Um, an album that covers all your kind of indie points um, from gentle acoustic indie to slightly grungy indie. Um, and it's just another really, really lovely record. Um, again, somebody I hadn't heard of before. Um, good lyrics, good songs. Time Fighter, particularly, is a Time Fighter and Next of Kin, along with Night Shift and Addictions to start the album, were particular standout tracks for me. But again, it was an album that I got through quite quickly and kind of thought, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Let's do it again. Um, first good indie album of the year I would say uh, sadly her gig at London on the 25th of this month is also sold out um, but she is in tour, on tour through other parts of the UK uh, check press for details as I believe the professionals say um, so moving swiftly on because we're Unless you have anything else to say on that. It's <laughs> <laughs> always as if I want to get to the pub, Pete. I don't know what it is. It's, like, it's almost like you're in a rush to see something or be somewhere else. Yeah. I, can't, I can't figure it out. Um, no, I'll keep it there's brief. So, you know, there's, so many, there's so many podcasts to do. I just want to get on to the next one. I'll, I'll keep this one brief. Uh, I know exactly how you feel. Um, yeah. Uh, I, again, mixture styles. Um, I, again, had the had the opposite thought when, I, when this started. I thought, oh, it, it's... It's another one of those um, singer-songwriters that Scott likes. <laughs> <laughs> and then it went all Indian. I was just like, oh, good. <laughs> Let's just shake it up a bit. Um, yeah, as, as with the previous album, um, lyrically very strong. Um, not, not my favourite album of the podcast. And again, probably deserves um, a repeated listen. Um, but yeah, go on then. Okay, moving on. Uh, back to you again, but this time for, okay. with... Uh, Rare Birds, the third solo album from uh, Jonathan Wilson, um, who is uh, probably as well known for his producing as he is for uh, being a solo artist. Uh, he produced the first Father John Misty album and albums by Doors and Connor Oberst and people like that. Uh, anyway, this is his third solo, solo album, which, uh, put in context, comes off a stint of him playing in uh, Roger Waters' touring, doing yeah. some Floyd songs band. Yeah. 
Not that you'd know. Not that you'd know. It is. It does have that prog rock influence throughout. I, I'm, I didn't know about the Father John Misty connection, but again, that doesn't surprise me either. Now you've said it, it's um, it has it lyrically again lyrically in terms of the style of Father John Misty, who we reviewed last year and, and yeah. liked very much. Um, there's there's something kind of similar in terms of the pattern of the songs and how they're put together and the humour as well, mm. uh, which runs across from that. But but I think music that sort of on the verging on the psychedelic edge of prog rock that that's also very much in here as well. In particular, quite uh, there's uh, references to London all over this as well. Which there is, is yeah. I mean, Trafalgar Square, the opening track is the most obvious one because there it is. Um, but there's also references to Piccadilly, Oxford Circus, and all kinds of kooks and crannies all over the place which, yeah. which I liked um, <clears throat> but moving on now quite early on in the album um, I really like the track Me um, something both both vocally and musically very much like um, early to mid solo John Lennon period somewhere mm. lodged between Imagine and Mind Games yeah yeah <laughs> give it a date um uh, and and obviously the track's called Me as well, which obviously yeah. I like. You know, but not that Lennon was ever egocentric. Um, no, I really really enjoyed that. Really really for so for me, Trafalgar Square Me, very two stri really strong opening tracks. Um, also really enjoyed some of the humour. There's a couple of really explicit tracks on here. There are. Uh, yeah. There's a line. There's a lyric in there. I'm not going to say it, but you know the one. It kind of rhymes with. There's two words that rhyme with each other. Yeah. That, that, that may involve a sexual act, um, which I thought was hilarious particularly in the context of a generational view of a, a slightly older generation looking down on a slightly younger generation and seeing how people get their rocks off these days. And, and, and particularly also in, in, in when you're kind of couching it almost in, a, in any kind of, you know, as you say, a Laurel Canyon, West Coast, 70s, mm. 70s laid back singer songwriter yeah. al album that's got lots of swearies suddenly. yes it, it suddenly made me blush i was like oh really are we going down there <laughs> he is <laughs> um so that, that that really i really enjoyed that um but and again very varied towards the end of the album uh, it's a couple of albums we've had like this i think it was the young fathers was the other one where you towards the end of the album suddenly it, the genre changes entirely um, and those last few tracks, it almost felt like it could come from a different album. Mm. Um, I like that though, that seemed to work. Yeah, so it went more country rock towards the end. Yeah, it worked with this, it worked with the, the Young Fathers too, um, which we reviewed earlier. I, I, like, I very much like that. What did you think? Uh, well, and when is he playing live? <laughs> uh, end of the Road Festival in August. Excellent. Uh, I only get my, get, get my gripe in, first of all. Yeah. I knew it was coming. You were wearing the T-shirt. Yeah. It was all too good to be true. God, this album's long. Oh, okay. <laughs> really, really long record. Um, <laughs> getting used to these shorter records, aren't we? I know. Yeah, this is a really, really long record. Uh, and I, I struggled with that, actually, more than anything else. Um, not with the material on it, because I think, generally speaking, I think, that, as you highlighted, I think the quality of the songs is pretty, is pretty strong. Yeah. Uh, and if you play anything randomly off it, you kind of go, oh yeah, it's pretty good. Mm. Quite, quite like that, yeah, quite like that. Um, and I agree with you as well that, that, that it kind of um, it does blend that kind of seventies singer songwriter, almost Lennony kind of stuff, with a bit of the Pink Floyd influence in there. You can feel feel you've got a bit bit of kind of glam at the on Trafalgar Square when it, it starts off kind of all kind of Pink Floydy, and then suddenly you get the kind of almost kind of T Rexy kind of um, 
guitars coming in. Mm. Um, and then there's a pu- and probably the most Pink Floyd song on it, which is pure 60s Pink Floyd, is Miriam Montague, which is just... Even the title. Yeah, which is just, just literally <laughs> just like, hey, I'm going to do a 60s retro track. Mm. Um, it's great, but it's just, but again, it's, it's, in some ways it's kind of strange thinking, what, 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 what hey? Um, and yeah, it, it's, it's, I, I said, it, I, I like it, I like it, I'd prefer it if it was shorter. But as you say, I, everything you said about it is is true, and uh, particularly some of the more humorous moments of it uh, are definitely uh, worth listening to just mm. for for that thing. Um, but yeah, on the whole, thumbs up. Thumbs up. Uh, so we end uh, with the return of the Breeders, uh, their fifth album or no, first album in ten years. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, again, I had I probably expected to be saying, "Ooh, we've saved the best for last," here, mm. um, because I am a big Breeders fan, um, and they are a band that have been mentioned in this podcast uh, quite a lot in reference to other artists. Um, <laughs> we've reviewed a lot of acts that sound either like Breeders or uh, occasionally like Belly. Um, so in some ways it's like oh the real thing's back um and it sounds like the breeders so that's a good thing you know it sounds like the breeders the, you know, the slightly off key guitars the way kim deal plays bass and her immediately identified vocals are all there but despite all that the album felt a bit flat to me overall yeah. um i mean it starts off all right i mean this this, this for me is that is that classic kind of side one side two situation I, mean, I think side one of the album is pretty solid and you're thinking yeah it's all right particularly you've got waiting car or nerve and metal goth which are in sp- uh, uh, tracks two three and four, four which are really really strong you're thinking yeah this is pretty good but then you get to the second half of the album which is essentially for me filler and filler on a 30 30 minute record a band that shouldn't be doing filler yeah um was disappointing so i i i don't think it's an awful record but i think it's a hugely disappointing record and it's only for me it's only half a record i concur um this is the first album i listened to of the set Ditto. 